We are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Whoo, boy. Man, man. There's a lot of folks in here today. Welcome in on the show, the, in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. More texts and comments that we can shake a stick at here on this Reaction Tuesday. Get them in here. You can, uh, just a reminder, you can call me on the Divini Equipment phone line. I get to hear your voice that way. That'd be great. Number to call, 995-1059. Call me on that number. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact, means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else right here at home at Divinity. Again, the number to call, 995-1059. What was your reaction to seeing State's offense this weekend and a couple of quarterbacks played and all of that? I'd love to know. On the text line, the country-pleasing text line, White Denzel said his observations from the state game. Kyle Ferry, as a freshman, reminds me of Evan McPherson. Yeah, left-footed kicker, freshman of the week, hit a 47 and a 49. The one he hit from 49, they iced him with one timeout, and he took a free swing at it a little bit short. Now, they're blowing the whistle as he began to approach the ball, so maybe it affects it, I don't know. But he got another shot at it, and then he nailed the 49er with plenty of room to spare. It had been good from a long way. So that had to be a confidence boost for him, and it's great for the team uh, for sure. Uh, MSU1980, thanks for the recommendation on a movie called The Hill, a faith-based baseball movie. I appreciate you sending that along. Daniel and Madison text the show. Country Please and Text Line says, I think Creed Whittemore looked incredible. It'll be interesting to see how he plays against SEC defenses. Yeah, you know, the room to run and out in space might be less frequent um, against those faster SEC defenses, right? <laughs> Most likely will be. Um, Bill texts the show. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Greater. I don't have a lot of time to sit down and watch movies. I'm just going to be honest with you. But I still want to watch it. St. Louis Vic. I got to back up here. He's got a couple of texts he sent in re- regarding uh, Jackson State, who took it on the chin this past weekend to to F uh, to FAMU, who returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown against JSU. So they were up seven zip like that, and that was sort of like a momentum, like snowball deal here that propelled them to a little bit of a lead. And if you look. It's like FAMU d- dominated the first quarter and early part of the game, but really Jackson State, I give them credit. It's a loss, okay, and they did not start the game well. And FAMU looked like a good football team. But Jackson State, to their credit, they dug in. They did not quit. They The way the early part of that game went for Jackson State, they could have easily, if they weren't careful, let it really get away from them, and it would have been the inverse of what they did to FAMU last year which was put up 50-something and just embarrass them in that game. And there was nothing the other team could really do about it. This one uh, was one that could have gotten away from them like that. But they didn't allow it to happen. Um, let me let me go. Here's what I was going to do is pull up and kind of show you how the, that went. So it was 21 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. And, again, remember, that included the opening kickoff of the game for FAMU. They returned it for a touchdown. And there's this momentum. They're up 21-0. Well, after the first quarter, 
Jackson State outscored them the rest of the ball game 10 to 7. Now, that may sound like moral victory. Jackson State's not into it. But the point is, they could have laid down and just gotten that thing over with and it would have been a blowout. But they dug in and began to fight. And the defense, after the first quarter, they played well. They did. They played well after the first quarter. Offense kept pecking around. They had to play two quarterbacks. They just didn't have the same kind of day at quarterback they did in the opener, playing a better team. So, look, it's a loss. Nobody's going to like the way it went if you're a Jackson State fan. But I'm looking at a team, it's the second game of the year. They get credit for they had a lot of fight and a lot of pride, and they dug in and made sure that, uh, you know, they, they stopped the momentum snowball that was running downhill, and they did. They stopped it. St. Louis Vic Texas showing. He said, Matt, some people there in central Mississippi have been able to see Shadur up close for a few years, from high school through the few years at Jackson State. He has the tools, and I'm happy they're getting the shine on the national level. And then he said, yeah, I tried to tell my fellow Jackson State friends and alums to pump our collective brakes and just wait and see what we really have. He says, I still feel that we have some talent on this team and relax. We aren't done, but we have work to do. Go Tigers. And, you know, this is a small thing. It's not an excuse for losing a game. But Jackson State had already played a game. And so FAMU had a tape, basically one game of film, to scout Jackson State with. Every player, every position, scheme, how they used it, quarterback, all this stuff. This was... FAMU's first game, and I know you played them last year, and there's a lot of carryover, but there's also some that doesn't carry over. You had no film of this Florida A&M team to prepare with prior to the game. You're flying in there blind in terms of what they may throw at you and what some of their players may look like. They've got one on you. That's an advantage for them. It's not an excuse at all, but I'm just saying that is that is part of the reality of it, okay? All right, a few more texts. I'm coming to the phone real quick. Um, Fletcher said, like it or not, at some point this season, we're going to face a pass rush that overwhelms our offensive line. And in those situations, Mike Wright might be better suited to help us win. And maybe so. Right. Maybe so. Um, Let's see. Pearl Church, Texas show, says, we, Mississippi State, have a new head coach and a new offense. There will be a few growing pains for a few games. Absolutely 100% true. 100% 100% true. David and Brandon said, just now joining the show, I'm dying to hear Beaver's take on Prime. Nobody hated as hard as he did, signed David and Brandon. We, we got a comment on that earlier, and he said, look, so he predicted the game wrong, so what? <laughs> and it was a high-scoring game. I mean, like back and forth, even into the fourth quarter. All right, more of your text, and then your comments on the Murray West Live thread coming up as well. Right now we're going to flip it over to the phone, the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson. Brando on line one. What's up? What up, my friend? How are you doing? Just right. Good to hear from you. Hey, good to hear from you, too. Hey, uh, if you could just address a couple of things. Uh, obviously, it's the first week, true week of football. Um, of course, I, I hate Z, week zero. I hate that whole term. But anyway. <laughs> I want it, I want your two impressed, just pick two, two impressed football teams that you saw this week and two not impressed. 
Okay. And let me give you just a real quick take uh, what I saw. And, and I was not pulling for Deion Sanders. I refuse to call him Coach Prime. But I will tell you this. That game was not a fluke. Uh, you know, that guy reaching out and intercepting at the nine um, and, and Shador passing for 510 yards. I know it's not the same TCU, but and I was super impressed with Duke last night. They looked like the real deal. I, I, Dabo just looked deer in headlights. He just really couldn't even say anything. And, and, you know, that again to me wasn't a fluke. But, you know, I know there are some other games, some especially some SEC teams uh, that did not look sharp. But I was just going to get your take on your, your two most impressive that you saw and, and least impressive. And I love you guys. Love your show. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that's a really good question because there's so many that you could potentially take a look at. Um, so number one for me, impressive, was Florida State. And, you know, I, I don't – you could play some opponents and just start to bully them physically, just kick in their fanny all over the place physically – and you come away from it and go, well, maybe the other team just ain't capable of being that physical. But in this case, it's LSU. Okay, and LSU, okay, maybe they had a few blips here and there. But let me just tell you something. Florida State pounded them and hit them and physically beat them until it's almost like they made LSU submit. I never thought I would see that. Okay, so I was impressed with Florida State. Um. It's tough. I was impressed with Alabama. Now, it's you know they're playing Middle Tennessee, but I'm just telling you that quarterback for Alabama is an electric light show. He is he is ridiculously fast to go along with the rest of his skill set. It's not fair. He's not fair fast, okay? And I think they had their act together. And I think that they, they, it's week one. Beaver is exactly right. There's never a time throughout the year where we do more overreacting than we do right now after we've seen one weekend of games. But I go Florida State and Alabama. Okay, I'm impressed with those. Okay, not impressed. And I was impressed with Duke, too. And I said this in the first hour, Brando. Duke's a better football team than Clemson right now. If they play that game ten times, I believe Duke would win ten of them. They can play it anywhere they want to play. Duke's better than Clemson. So, not impressed. I will go with, and it's easy to pick the ones that lost, right? Not impressed. Clemson. Probably right up there at the top of that list with just about anybody else. And um, and I'll probably go Florida. Clemson and Florida. It's two easy ones. And, you know, I mean, Ole Miss put up 70-some-odd points on a on an FCS team, and I don't, I don't care who you're playing. Play, you score 70 points in 60 minutes, that's pretty good <laughs> against a live, breathing opponent. I just didn't get to see any of it. All I saw was the clip of the – Dog juice running out there to get the tea, and I thought that was the best highlight I saw all weekend. 
<laughs> really. Um, yeah. What about y'all? That's a really good question from Brando. So after one weekend, answer this for me. You can call. You could text it on the Country Please and text line, or you could uh, drop the comment here on the Murray West live thread. If you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, just type it in, and it'll pop up on the live thread right here. Brought to you by Murray West. Contract embroidery and custom apparel right here in Mississippi and New Albany. Check them out, murraywest.com. You need custom apparel, hats, pullovers, whatever. Check out my hat right here. It stands for Matt Wyatt. It really doesn't. It's, it's an MW. It stands for Murray West. But I, I, I like to think it's my logo. Check them out. MurrayWest.com. Follow them on Instagram if you haven't already. At MurrayWestOfficial. And uh, they can help you out. Spread the word also. Businesses, big jobs. They're doing Ole Miss Athletics. They're doing Genteel. Lots of different stuff. All right. Yeah, who you impressed with versus who you're not impressed with. Huh? Let me know. Let me get in here. Uh, Will commented... On YouTube, on the live thread, said Clemson was unimpressive and the Gators are up there with them. See, I felt the same way. Uh, honorable mention Baylor. Dave Aranda's uh, seat is on fire, he says. <laughs> um, what does Larry say here? Georgia played UT Martin and allowed points. I think it, he said he thinks it's the most FCS. It says most FCS teams that played the Power 5 scored. Let me see. What was the final uh, for that? Well, seven. They scored, a, they scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter. So I didn't understand the last part of that, uh, uh, that, that comment. I mean, so you give up a touchdown in the fourth quarter, they're probably, Georgia's probably playing a bunch of people. You know, I think they're going to be fine. What was Georgia's numbers in the game? Just, just out of curiosity. Scored 48 points. They're up seven to nothing after the first quarter. They were up ten nothing at half. So, you know, it's interesting. Here is Georgia with a new offensive coordinator, right? Right, because Munkin back to the NFL. New offensive coordinator, new quarterback. Opening up against a team they overmatched. Georgia's uber uber talented. We know that, but you got to. Everybody says you got to go play a real team and real opponent first. You start to figure it out. And with all those loaded up five stars, they're up ten to nothing at halftime. So it's like first half is okay. We're trying not to make mistakes and we're trying to be responsible the way we're coached. Second half, they get in the locker room. Coaches say to them, "Hey guys, stop thinking and just play. Just line up and play. Just just knock them around. Play hard." They go out in the second half, okay, and score what twenty one points, thirty one points in the second half. Outscore them thirty-one to seven in the second half, and it's it's very much like the same you know thread of the Mississippi State game. Very much the same thing. You know they're up, they're kind of controlling the game, but it's a little whatever. First half, second half, just blow the doors off, dominate the last two quarters. Some of that's roster size and depth and everything else too. Uh, but you saw that in a bunch of the games. I was watching uh, Arizona's game. Arizona coming in to start well this week, scouting them. Later today, hopefully I'll have a kind of a preview video slash film study of Arizona looking ahead at State's next opponent. I'll put that on YouTube. But 
they sort of had the same thing. They were playing Northern Arizona. And I think Arizona's much better. Um, you know, since you saw them early last year, they got better throughout the year last year. Their defense still was not very good last year. And what did they do? They went and brought, I don't know if you know this, but Arizona brought in a ton of transfers in their defensive front seven. They've got like defensive linemen they brought in from UCLA and Oregon and Michigan, Georgia, and one other, Washington. And a couple of linebackers, one from maybe Washington and one from UCLA or something. And so they're much bigger in their defensive front seven than they were last year. And I don't think they're going to you know, just give up yards galore like they did last year. Uh, but their game, you know, they, they really overmatched Northern Arizona. But, again, it was like 7 nothing for a long time, and then it was really close, and, like, it was 10-3, to and, and Northern Arizona was trying to score to tie the game in the second quarter, held to a field goal, and then, you know, some things like that. And, and in the second half, Arizona just overwhelmed them and took off them. So we saw a lot of those types of stories with you know, these really good teams playing teams from a lower division who couldn't match up with them across their depth and that sort of thing. All right. Country pleasing text line on this Reaction Tuesday. Nickelback Texas show. He calls himself Nickelback. He said, first of all, thanks for the film breakdown. I really enjoy those. Well, thank you. He says, I was watching your breakdown, and you could tell that the offense is going to be really hard to prepare for because there was so much that you could run off of what we did run. And that's it. Yeah, it, it, that style of offense, you know, different formations using tight ends and run game is really sort of a cumulative thing, kind of can be throughout the year, where you can do stuff in week one, put it on film, and it actually helps you to get stuff, get, get explosive plays off in week two, you know, later down the road, things like that. So and that's really the case for everybody, for the most part. It really wasn't the case in the air raid, but it is in this style of offense kind of uh, for everybody. Nunya Texas shows says, Dabo better cozy up to some NIL money or he's going to be on the hot seat. Yeah, and you would think that they could, right? I mean, you would think at, at Clemson they could. Uh, let's be honest. Clemson and Dabo, they were cozying up to NIL money before we knew it was called NIL money. We just thought it was called extra benefits. <laughs> and uh, Fletcher says, Matt, you're right again. Bama's going to whip Texas. What did Texas do? I paid them absolutely zero attention in week one. What did they do? <laughs> I'm going to look it up right here. Boy, Kansas beat somebody. So Texas beat Rice 37-10. to 10. And 21 of their 37 points came in the second half. So they scored 18 in the first half, 21 in the third quarter, didn't score any fourth quarter points. QB throws for 260, running back goes for 55. So this is against Rice. All right. Ewers went 19 of 30, 263 touchdowns. They had one kid rush for 55, another go for 52. So they combined as a team to rush for 158 against Rice. The Rice QB threw a couple of picks. And they held Rice to 27 yards rushing. Team stats. Texas against Rice was 6 of 15 on third down. 
They were one of three on fourth down. You play Rice and you pile up 458 yards of offense. And the defense did hold them to 27 yards rushing. You reckon, you reckon Texas is going to hold Alabama to uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of, oh, I don't know, 27 yards rushing in that game? <laughs> they had five penalties for 40 yards. Time of possession was pretty even. So they win the game going away. Maybe a good start for them. I don't know. Maybe they make a big jump week one to week two. But I would think going into Tuscaloosa, I don't know that I wouldn't feel the same way that, that Alabama's fixing to light their candle for them. David and Brandon, Texas Show. Here's his impressive versus unimpressive list. He said, impressive, Michigan and Ole Miss. Not impressive, LSU and Clemson. Some people were talking about A&M, and again, I, I, didn't, I didn't see their game, so I need time to go back and watch some of these things, I think. Brandon texts the show and says, uh, and I never thought I'd ever say this in my lifetime, but that Wyoming game was fun to watch. Yeah, right? Overtime? Wyoming beats Texas Tech in overtime? We're going to have to, as we get closer to the weekend, we'll talk some more about Arizona, but... I, they're a little bit improved, but one thing they did, I didn't realize they had done that. And I saw it. You go watch your game. You're like, who are these players? Well, they went and got a ton of transfers from Power 5 schools into their defensive front seven and proved their size. Uh, so we got plenty of time to prove, uh, preview them this week also. More with you. Reaction Tuesday coming up. Get your comments in. Stick around. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. All right, back with you. I'm Matt. Interesting way to look at it here. You got uh, two quarterbacks who played for state, both played well, two entirely different types of players between Will Rogers and Mike Wright. Larry commented on, he's watching the live stream on YouTube and commented here on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com, contract embroidery since 1996, custom apparel. That's where you need to go, big or small, and certainly big. They do big, big jobs as well. If you've got a business, you've got a company, you've got an organization that needs shirts, hats, uh, promotional items, anything, and you want it to be good and not cheap, you want it to last, you want it to be stuff people will wear, that's where you go. Murray West, it's M-U-R-R-Y, no E or A, M-U-R-R-Y, murraywest.com. Larry said, Wright knew what he was getting into when he transferred to state. He will get snaps and be happy. He will make some big plays when we need it. And see, I think that's it. I think there's um, that's a really good way to sum it up. They know kind of what the deal is. You know, they there are things that they can do in a in a base offense in the pass game with Will Rogers that one you can't do with with Mike, and there are things you have to do to win consistently. Okay, in, in the pass game, um, and. 
there are things you can do in the run game and certainly in the QB run game and QB read game and RPO game that you can do with Mike Wright that you can't do with Will. And so, you know, the challenge is, you know, one for the two guys to, you know, put the team first and trust the coaches that they're doing the best in terms of giving the team a chance to win and score points. And then two, uh, the challenge is for the coaches to figure that out. That's what you pay them to figure out. Yeah. It's a good, good comment, Larry. Appreciate that. Uh, regarding Arizona putting some players in there, we'll get into that. Looking at Mississippi State's next opponent, Arizona coming in there this weekend. Um, really fast quarterback who, who ran around all of last year, transferred to Arizona from Washington State. State played against him last year, did a pretty good job, turned him over some. But he made a lot of plays with his legs. He was hard to defend for that reason. And he got better as the year went on. I think, you know, just a little more mature. He does throw the ball really well. He's not the biggest guy, but he's really fast. And, uh, you know, defensively last year they had an issue. They gave up way, way up over 400-something yards a game last year defensively. They couldn't hang in there with people, and they gave up a lot of yards, right? So one of the biggest areas of improvement was they were not very big, they were not very deep. And uh, so they went out. And like I said, they've added transfers just in their defensive front and six and front seven. Big guys from, uh, you know, a, a lineman from Georgia, a lineman from UCLA, one from Indiana, one from Michigan, uh, like a linebacker from Oregon, uh, another linebacker from UCLA. And so I think they're going to be a little better defensively. Uh, this time, too, or this year, too. I, in my opinion, just looking at it, I think State's going to have its hands full this weekend with Arizona. I really do. Now, State should have an advantage. I mean, they should. From a personnel standpoint across the board, playing at home, uh, you know, special teams deal, speed at certain positions, running back group, uh, defensive personnel, State should have some advantages. But Arizona is going to be tough. And if State doesn't play well, it could go the other way. I think they're going to have their hands full this weekend. Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, he commented. He said, yeah, I saw that. They not only got bigger on the D-line, but Arizona picked up a lot of depth pieces on both sides. He said their big problem last year was that they ran out of gas late in the shootout games with Washington and Southern Cal, USC. He says right there otherwise. And they did hold on to beat UCLA. And that's right. Uh, UCLA, at the time, Arizona beat them. Last year, Arizona was, uh, I'm sorry, UCLA was ranked in the top 10, somewhere around nine or whatever. And that was their best win. Arizona was a five-win team uh, last year. And if you look in their losses, the the problem is giving up 40-something points in all those games. They, they really had to improve. Uh, they lost their best receiver to the transfer portal who went to where? USC? I think I think their leading receiver went to USC, but they got some pieces back. You get the quarterback back. They got two or three running backs that look pretty good to me. Uh, and I think, uh, yeah, you know. And oh, by the way, again, if, you, if you're into the knocking on wood deal, you might want to knock on wood before I say this. But the forecast, have you looked ahead? You're like, don't do it, Matt. Matt, do not jinx this for us. But if you, I'm looking at it right now. It says Saturday, 
Now keep in mind, you got a 6 p.m. game, so a lot of this will be after the sun goes down. But they're saying Saturday in Starkville, it is a high of 87 and a low of 63 degrees. <laughs> Come on. You might have to put long sleeves on. You believe that? And we were told there was another heat wave coming, but um, apparently prayer works. <laughs> right? Uh, St. Louis Vic text the show, Country Pleasing Text Line, says that uh, he didn't get to see either State or Ole Miss thanks to the cable dispute. He said, but I was able to listen to you guys. No, no breakdown for me on those, he said, but the mustard buzzards better look out facing FSU. Love you guys. Yeah, uh, Southern Miss really put it on Alcorn this week. Southern Miss looked good. Uh, and, I, you know, as you would expect, they, um, you know, uh, better team, better program. Beat Alcorn State forty to fourteen. They were ahead twenty-seven to seven at halftime. Outscored them thirteen-seven in the second half. Forty to fourteen, the final score. Quarterback for Southern Miss, pretty good day. Billy Wiles, twenty-one of twenty-eight, two sixty-seven, three TDs, one pick. A bunch of guys got in on the run game for them. One hundred and forty-five yards rushing as a team. Now Frank Gore Jr. was not their leading rusher. He went six carries, 29 yards, and a touchdown. Had a long run of 18, but Rodriguez-Clark, nine carries, 54 yards, long of 35. And if you're Southern Miss and you could keep Frank Gore fresh after week one, then absolutely you'd do that, right? Because he's going to be your – your offense is going to go through him the rest of the year, and especially this week playing a Florida State team that is really good and really confident. So, you know – Remember the uh, the Southern Miss sort of theme back in the day was anyone, anytime, anywhere in terms of who and where they would play. And you, they're going to get a face full of that this weekend. Go to Tallahassee. Fan base will be livid after they just whipped LSU in that one. White Denzel, Texas Show says, are we sure that Jason from Flagstaff isn't big game boomer? He says, Jason, we are not scared of Arizona. <laughs> he says, we know what they can do, but they struggle with physical teams. Well, State, too, as a team overall, they got a chance, again, to be pretty pretty good. And I I don't think they really started to be themselves, you know, as a whole until they came out of the locker room in the second half and just sort of cut loose and were loosened up and settled in and really playing well. Um first half not tentative but just i don't know it was like getting the season started you know and kind of getting your legs under you know i'll tell you something else i saw defensively in the first half that you didn't see in the second half in the first half you had a a, a largely veteran defense for state that kind of knows what they're doing they're not having to think a whole lot they know their roles they know what their job is and at times guys are flying around wanting to pass the big lick you know, in certain situations. Like that screen pass, they let them convert on, what was it, third and 20. And there were a couple of guys. One had to avoid the referee to try to make a tackle. Another safety comes in there. There's a few times where they're confident they're in the right place, but you're trying to throw that knockout blow when really you just got to wrap them up, get them on the ground. And, uh, you know, kind of playing physical you know, within the scheme of the defense rather than flying outside of it trying to do something special. 
And so they settled in and were just downright. They didn't give up hardly any yards in the second half of the ball game. I know at one point we looked up and um, there was like three or four minutes left in the game. And State had given up, I think it was 18 yards of offense in the second half. They were just they just shut the door on them. Matt in Forest, a text on the Country Pleasing text line, says that he felt like Colorado was the biggest story of the weekend, but Florida State was second. He said it was like watching Florida State in the 90s, just beasts on defense wearing single digits, just flying around. That's right. I remember that. Those great Florida State teams, there was always some dude or two on defense wearing a single digit. Just bull in a china shop, right? I mean, Colorado was. Okay, and and some people have pointed this out today, both on the, the Murray West live thread on the comments there on the live stream and on the text line. But, I mean, TCU, they were embarrassed in the national title game. And hats off for them getting there. But then they lose some stuff. It's not like they had some vaunted defense coming into this year. It's just that most people felt like with all these transfers and all this turnover, there was no way that Dion team could be ready to go to a place like TCU and win. Man, they have a good team. That is a good football team when you watch Colorado. Maybe they won't beat Oregon. Maybe they get blown out by Oregon. You know, whatever. But I just know watching them, I feel like Brando, who called in earlier, I didn't watch any of that Colorado game and go, this is a fluke. And and Shadur Sanders is legit big-time good. He's fun to watch, too. We'll wrap it up next. Stick around. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. All right, back with you. I'm Matt. In the Bureau. The Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. I really do appreciate everybody on the uh, Murray West live thread, dropping comments on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, Mark commented on YouTube, said, how many 15-plus-yard pass attempts did Will Rogers attempt besides a touchdown to Creed? How many did he complete? They didn't attempt very many. You know, you had the one there, and then I think maybe the next farthest throw down the field was the go, or or not go ball, but the, the, the post, the one-on-one post with no safety in the middle, which was second quarter on a third and one. When they were going to go for it on fourth down, they knew that. And uh, he's trying to hit. Justin Robinson on a post for a touchdown. Robinson had inside ball kind of tailed on Will just a little bit, so he's about a yard behind. And so when Justin Robinson turned to find the ball, he kind of gave up on it because it was a little bit behind him. Uh, but I think that might be the only other one that they tried it in terms of pumping it that far down the field. Uh, coming to the phone line, I, I know we got someone hanging here, but I just want to I want to pull this up. The explosive plays now. You and I might have different um, definitions of what an explosive play is. I will tell you, you know, again, we could argue that, you know, it's not even really worth it. But big plays, there's this official stats program that we all use, uh, broadcast stuff, and it will spell it out for you, big plays. And it considers a big, not explosive, but a big 
pass play to be 15 or more yards and a big run of 10 or more yards. Uh, State had four pass plays in the game that went for 15 or more. Okay, you had a 15-yard play to Marks. You had a 32-yard play to Marks. I think both one was a slant to Marks. The other that went for 15. The other was a screen that went for 32 that set up the touchdown. Then the 33-yard to what's his name, uh, the new kid Whittemore for the TD. And then you had a 17-yard play to Harmon. So your 15-plus passes that went for completions were 15, 32, 33, and 17. And you'd only have one of those more than 15 that went incomplete in terms of throwing a ball that far down the field. I guess two, actually. You could say the first third down where you had the little you know, little skinny seam in front of the safety on the first third down of the game. So maybe two of those that went incomplete. And in terms of rushes of 10 yards or more in that game, State had seven of those for a total of 203. They had a 16, a 10, an 11, a 53 from Mike Wright, a 37 from Marks, a 23 from Marks, and then the 53 from from Whittemore. So they had no, you know, shortage of explosive plays. They had a they had two pass plays that go for over 30 and one for a score, and then they had three rushes that went for over 30, one for a score, two that went for over 50 and a score. So they had some explosive plays. They just didn't they didn't throw a ton of bombs, and uh, maybe the game just didn't call for it. I don't know. All right, over to the phone line. Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona. What's up, Jason? Thanks for calling. Uh, nothing much. Um, I just w- want to say that there is a, um, a big difference in um, trying to tell people, you know, maybe you shouldn't just assume that state is going to Walks into the stadium and blow Arizona out, <laughs> and well, you gotta be scared. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we ain't scared. Uh, all I'm doing is trying to say that this team is not the same one that State played last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that's like it's literally and figuratively true. Like figuratively, because they improved. We caught them early last year, and they kind of improved yeah. some. And I think their quarterback has just gotten better and better. But but yeah. literally because it's not the same team because they have so – that's what I've noticed. they got so many transfers that they're playing in their defensive front seven, or at least they did this past Saturday. So it's new people. Yeah. But uh, while I'm on here, i got a question for you. Um, do you see them putting um, Will Rogers and Mike Wright, you know, back there together like Mullen used to with uh, Tebow and Leak at Florida? I would think all of that's on the table. Absolutely, Jason. I would think it's all on the table. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday, too. I wonder what others' opinions would be. Somebody tweeted me, and they were like, you know, here's the formation that showed Wright was at quarterback. They split Will Rogers out wide left. There were basically four receivers on the left side of the formation, you would think, because the tight end was on the end of the line. And then two slot guys in trips, but Will was on the line outside. So if Will Rogers is on the line outside left on the same side as a tight end, then the tight end's covered up and he can't go out, right? And so you've had it got me to thinking there are some game plan situations 
where you will intentionally move if you split him out you will keep him off the line so that the tight end is uncovered right and you may at the last minute motion a guy across to put him on the line on the other side so that you have enough on the line where you'll trick a defense into thinking okay we saw it on film they put Will Rogers out wide left it covers the tight end up the tight end can't go out but now we've motioned so that he can go out and the defense doesn't realize it. And we get a tight end wide open on a play action for a touchdown. So they're going to, they will find ways when they've got them both on the field to use it to their advantage, else they wouldn't be doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. That's complicated to me. But yeah. I wondered if they could just fling it out there real fast to him and then he chunk it up to somebody else. Yeah. No, you definitely can do that. Will Rogers. Yeah, no, I mean, you absolutely can do that. You, you know, and that, I guess. All right, well, I'll hang up and listen. Thank yeah, you. Appreciate it. Thank you. And I would think, too, Jason, that again, this is totally just kind of like thinking out loud, seeing if my, you know, my brain's sparking up there. And I'm thinking, okay, if you're going to do a backwards pass to a QB who's lined up wide left so that he can then, you know, Trick play, throw it up the field to somebody. It's got to be backward. And if you're in the shotgun taking a snap, it's hard to throw it backward because you're already four and a half, five yards deep, right? So I'm not, I'm, I'm not even in the huddle, so I don't know. I'm just thinking if I were playing on defense, if I were coaching a future defense for State, against State, this is what I would say is we would just cover it. I might cover it with my captain on defense, like if it's a linebacker. Look, here's something you got to be aware of, okay? If they put two quarterbacks in the game, they split one of them out wide, the one who can throw out wide. we got to be aware of their situation. They may go backward lateral so that he can then throw it up the field, you know, trick play. Watch for the other guy under center. Okay, so you see what I'm saying? Let's say the formation has Will Rogers out wide left, but he's off the line. And quarterback is Mike Wright. He's going to take that snap. Will's going to retreat, and I'm going to throw the lateral back there. It's a little bit harder to take the shotgun snap five yards deep and then make sure he's deep enough for it to be a backward pass so that he could throw it again. But if I go under center, I take it one step back, zip. It's a whole lot easier for me to get that backward angle so that it's legal. So if you're defense, just look. If you see that and you see him get under center, just be aware that may be going on. So what do you do to see if you're Kevin Barbe and you're designing the offense, you know that. You know a future defensive coach is going to bring that up in a meeting at some point. That is, if we got two on the field, pay attention to whether or not the guy's under center or in the shotgun, depending on down and distance. I mean, third and one's one thing. But if it's second and eight and he goes under center, he may just lateral that thing, and that might be why they're putting him under center. Well, if you're Barbe, you know they, it, they're going to talk about those things, so flip it on them. <laughs> and go out here in week two, they're both on the field, wheels off the line, right's under center, and what do you do? Snap, pump the lateral, and then bring it down and hand it back inside on like a power lead, like a, or even treat it like counter and pull the guard and tackle, you know, and try to catch them, try to catch a linebacker running out of there or something. You know, all those little chess pieces – are things that happen from one week to the next. And you and I will watch a game, and we'll see a play call, 
And we'll think, oh, that's neat. They must have drawn that one up, thought it would work. But it might be much deeper than that. It might be that there's a whole package of four to five plays under one certain formation that is all based on stuff they put on film last week, knowing that the other guys have worked on such and such all week long. Little chess matches that we probably don't understand are even going on, but they do go on. And when you have a unique personnel set that, you know, you just think about Arizona, for instance. How many teams are, is Arizona going to play this year where in defensive practice and meetings they have to prepare for the other team's two quarterbacks being on the field at the same time? It's not many. So if you're state, you got to use all that to your advantage. And that's, you know, Barbe and the offensive staff are making big bucks because that's the things they have to figure out. All right, that wraps it up for today. Really fun show, y'all. Thank you so much for the text, the calls, all the comments on the Murray West live thread. I'm going to see you tomorrow, same time, same place. For Beaver, I'm Matt, all of us here on the show. See you tomorrow. See you.